0: After beauty kind of having this notion of acceptance, what's really interesting now is it's almost like there's a notion of rejection in beauty now, rejecting orthodoxy.
1: Freedom to express yourself has definitely changed in that you are scrutinized now because we work in the public eye. My biggest challenge is working out where I sit now in being a professional makeup artist. What power or authority do I have? Because actually it's the generation, Generation Z or the Instagrammers that hold so much more creative authority in a way than I do.
2: Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. Welcome to Inside Fashion on the BOF podcast. This week, our editor-at-large sits down with the groundbreaking makeup artist, Isamaya French, known for her artistic and highly creative approach to makeup artistry. Isamaya is Days Beauty's creative director and has also joined Christian Louboutin as the company's new global makeup ambassador. This week, she sits down with Tim to talk about what it means to be a makeup artist today in the age of Instagram with public scrutiny and ongoing changes in notions of what beauty really is. So here's Tim Blanks and Isamaya French inside fashion.
0: Hi, Isamaya. Hi. (laughs) I, uh would like to start with, uh, by asking you about something which really brought home in the last little while, the power of makeup. I think the, 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 the power of makeup to make you stop and look at something with new eyes. And that thing is Rihanna's eyebrows.
1: Oh, Rihanna's always starting with Rihanna's eyebrows. <laughs> Great, good start. <laughs> hmm. Tell me
0: about Rihanna's eyebrows. And I mean, by of. that I mean the I mean the, <laughs> the skinny sort of Jean Harlowe eyebrows right. you did for vogue Vogue's cover.
1: well, um that was uh, that's a real pleasure to, yeah, to block out her eyebrows and do that look. I worked with Edward Ennial and Nick Knight on that shoot, and actually it was Edward that sent me a reference and said, "You know, what do you think about doing this? And of course, I said, definitely <laughs> any kind of transformation for me is you know something that i i love to do and explore especially when it's on a celebrity you don't see her looking like that um what did you find moving about it or? i
0: just thought it was so simple and striking and subversive oh. you know it, it <laughs> just it, it, when you when you see i mean i mean i'm obsessed with makeup anyway but mm. when you see makeup like that when you see especially combined with the richness of the mm. the and everything mm-hmm. um and and it just looked so radical oh, cool. but it was so simple like a <laughs> like a skinny eyebrow mm.
1: i think eyebrows are interesting i find them personally interesting thing parts of the face to um, change just because they have such a huge impact on your expression i mean it's very basic but um so fundamentally, that will make you look and feel radical because you can you can't be as expressive with a thin eyebrow, for example, so I think yeah it's more, it's easier to f- create a new feeling around a face than say doing something with the lips or whatever.
0: Well, as you've said, the eyes are the <laughs> most important part of the face no. for you when you're, when you're working
1: I think so, definitely there's something unnerving about taking away. Eyebrows. I mean, I know I drew a thin line, but you know, for example, no eyebrows or no hair isn't a sign of health. So even though I, you know, drew on a thin brow, it doesn't look natural, and I think that's something that probably people find a bit jarring, removing eyebrows, because what we know of beauty is Luscious, youthful, healthy—that's what sells. So I think eyebrows and definitely taking them away um, create a bit more of an unnerving look.
0: With that incredible lip that that Rihanna had, that, that the the dynamism of that image I thought was was really interesting, oh, cool. and it to see it on the cover of you know the biggest Vogue, mm. September Vogue of the year um, was was quite. It reminded me of, of of how I used to respond to makeup when I first started looking at fashion magazines, and you look at a, a Guy down shoot or a Helmut Newton shoot or Serge Lutens makeup, and right. it seemed like in those days makeup had a different role to play in mm. fashion. And I wonder how you feel about that. I mean, historically, did you have you gone back and looked at, well, I, at makeup of the past?
1: That I really appreciate that. I mean, Serge Luton's for sure is if not the greatest inspiration to me as a makeup artist than any other artist out there, probably. I think his vision was so amazingly radical and beautiful and disturbing. And it just touched on all of these very, these elements that made you feel, didn't always make you feel good. I mean, I know a lot of his images were of these, you know, pale, ghostly, amazing looking women but skinny eyebrow eyebrow women (laughs) but there's also something a bit dark about his work obviously dark about it um and i mean it's it's funny you're asking me about this rihanna eyebrow because i really i i'm so in it i don't even think about it (laughs) you know it's a lot of people talk to me about the rihanna eyebrow and for me it wasn't i just did it because i thought it was a good idea.
0: Yeah, but to see it, yeah. to see it, see it coming at you from everywhere. I think mm. that's what was striking because it did take me back to that's to awesome. those, to those old images when when makeup seemed to be makeup seemed to fill a different function mm. in in the world. Mm, mm. Um, there obviously there have been there have been people like Pat McGrath who, mm. who've, who've restored a sort of richness to it and a and a kind of fantasy element. Yeah, but. It 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 seems like it seems that like there are a number of ways to approach makeup, mm. and there's 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 the the everyday you know yeah. what you put on your face in the morning to go to work or whatever, yeah. and there's there's this whole other area that you seem to be hmm. probing, which seems to be more maybe more um coming more to the fore now than it has for a long long time.
1: I think you know Pat McGrath is. And, inc- you know, she is, if not the most well-known and respected, incredible makeup artist that's, you know, ever lived. Could I say that maybe? Mm-hmm. Just in terms of the, you know, the extent of how far her work has traveled and touched people and how, how long as well it's been around for. I mean, I feel like the industry of what I know of it, um, when I've been in the industry only, you know, like touching on nine, ten years-ish, but uh, working in a professional way, people like Pat McGrath and Guido and um, Eugene and Val Garland, all those, they really shaped what we know as commercial, I'd like to say commercial beauty, and I don't mean, I'm not disrespecting, because sometimes people say commercial, oh, that's... um, Uh, No one wants to be commercial You know what I mean But I I mean they shaped a lot of what we know As a culture What beauty is and what it means The public face of beauty Thank you Yeah The public face of it So they've really held those positions For god almost 30 years I guess Shaped it And that's partly to do with the way Fashion and beauty has been exposed. Instagram didn't exist before. So the only way that you would see those images in great numbers would be editorially, you know, so they were able to really hold on to those positions of power and authority and define it for us. And I feel like my biggest challenge. I'm kind of going off topic off off your question, but my biggest challenge is working out where i sit now in being a professional makeup artist what power or authority do i have because actually it's the generation generation z or the instagrammers that hold so much more um creative authority in a way than i do you know i was saying the other day it's very difficult being a professional makeup artist and trying to maintain a sense like maintain good work because you do it you're hired for an editorial shoot you got you know 10 hours to do 10 looks that means you know one look an app per hour and you don't even get an hour of the model maybe you get like 25 minutes you're not going to be able to produce really amazing creative work in that time whereas say some instagrammer at home will have two days if they want to create an amazing image so it's become this really strange thing where i'm kind of you know, it's my profession and I have to be creative, but I have so many limitations. Does that make any sense? Yeah,
0: well, it's, it's it, I see that happening in, in so many other areas too. It's as, it, 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 in this, you know, it's like when people say to me, What's the role of criticism mm. now when everybody's a critic? Mm-hmm. Everybody has a, mm. has a, uh, as a voice, right, and to 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 see the same thing happening in makeup mm. that you know everybody can sit down and anybody can sit down and do a tutorial totally. in, in their bedroom. Totally. Um, what does it, when you're saying where you're you're asking yourself where 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 do you fit into that? Then where what's your answer? Where do you fit into that? You
1: still working it out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm still working it out. Um, I, you know. This is an honest interview, and I don't believe that the answer lies in editorial work. I don't believe as a makeup artist. That's my personal opinion, you know, my projection of where I I see myself going as an artist or whatever. And it doesn't, it's not going to be in editorial, and it's not going to be in image making. I feel like image making in that way is becoming a bit of a redundant thing. It's, you know, people are doing more video, more 3D, more interactive, all this kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, it's just, just a funny place to be.
0: And more prosthetic. More yeah. work with prosthetics totally and more work with Post-production
1: that, and yeah, all of it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. just
0: blur gender. It blurs the entire <laughs> physical
1: form. 100%. So. Back to the Serge Luton's thing, though, Your your original question. I feel like he really... He was he was an artist, and I feel like his he he didn't come across as a commercial artist in a way. If you look at his work and the, you know, things he did with Shiseido was it mm-hmm, Shiseido, yeah, and mm-hmm. it was all very like it was almost like he could explore all those weird new territories because they hadn't been defined because beauty hadn't really been defined in that way yet. Until I feel, it, it, it you know the face of beauty, the public view of beauty. I feel then when Pat McGrath and That kind of generation came along. They started to really it started to take shape.
0: I I guess somebody like Serge Lutens I always felt his work was so influenced by by Asia and and he was one of the first people to embrace Other Mm, cultures and to incorporate other cultures into his work and now of course there are so many cultures there Mm. there there are there are not just the physical cultures Mm. that populate the planet, but there are all the online cultures Mm. and all the different kind of all the different reconceptualizations of tribalism mm. and all of them have faces
1: well i don't know if he'd be allowed to do what he did actually even though you know looking at it in in retrospect it i you know it looks amazing but would you be allowed to be that focused on one culture not being asian yourself and you know what i mean he, he, he there was no diversity in that sense in his work and that's also not really something you can do in a mainstream way anymore he was allowed to just do what he liked and what he liked was you know asia and that look you know what i mean i don't know if that would be allowed and so your freedom you know the liberty of um like you know personal personal what would you say is kind of taken away it, from well, you. Well, he
0: was obsessive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and
0: and I think um, I mean he was obsessive in I don't know whether being obsessive absolves you from from um, Army yeah, but what you, mm. what you're saying is that people would now say well he's appropriating another culture
1: right right
0: but his obsession
1: mm. was
0: so extreme <laughs> and all-consuming I mean he lived it yeah. I mean as he he himself lived he looked yeah. like a samurai wow. Um,
1: he was fucking awesome. I'd say that on, <laughs> <laughs> on radio.
0: Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you feel though about? Uh, I, because I feel I feel obsession is critical um, in in the, the work that you mm. do. I think you need to be obsessed because you you can't stop. You need to be moving all the time and I agree. And trying things. Yeah,
1: I agree. I mean, I mean, he definitely had a funny sense of humor. That's for sure. Not, I mean, his work was, I mean, in a weird way, you know, <laughs> making a face. <laughs> no, I have. I did I did
0: spend some time with him and, and it was an extraordinary experience. Yeah. It really was like being with a yeah. alien.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, really, really he has a definite, you know, interesting perspective. Um, I mean, for you, mm.
0: how, w- when you're saying that he couldn't do that now, he was free to be obsessed and mm. now he wouldn't be so free perhaps. Freedom has changed then for, for I, somebody I, like you doing what you do? The whole in, in, idea of freedom has changed? A
1: hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, freedom to express yourself has definitely changed in that um, you are scrutinized now because we work in the public, very much obviously in the public eye as to um, what you're communicating and making sure you're inclusive and making sure you aren't offending anyone and... Uh, for better or worse, public opinion seems to carry greater authority and weight than fact sometimes, you know. And that's the world we live in. And I might get hammered for saying that, but I, that's what, how I feel. Um, and it's almost like you you can, you can be obsessive, but only if it's not offending anyone or it's all inclusive or whatever. You know, I think um, I'm obsessed with new I love new things and I love um, being challenging my work in new ways, finding new ways to express it. I don't necessarily mean like in film or in performance, but I just mean in terms of the tools I'm given to create new images. I'm obsessed by new. So I think that's my obsession. I wouldn't say I really have a style I don't think I feel yeah. Serge Lupins had a style that was very mm. recognizable a
0: signature for sure a signature yeah. I, yeah. I
1: couldn't I don't know I'd have to ask you I don't see myself really having a signature but I think the signature of it's for me it's all about new well the curiosity
0: uh, there's there's a curiosity in your work that I guess could be maybe could be a signature and the way that you approach faces and mm. bodies and mm. you, it, it's a kind of there's a kind of totality which mm. is which is I don't know it's been called subversive, and I reckon if you're doing something which people consider to be subversive, and surely it's only subversive if some people are being offended mm. so and in, mm. in, in and when you're saying you don't really want to give offence, surely there there are times when the notion of 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 disturbing people, profoundly disturbing them mm. so that they feel compelled to complain <laughs> is 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 an asset.
1: Hmm. I mean. This is a almost a whole other conversation. I just don't read the comments. <laughs> it's yeah, what, the best what way would, to...
0: What would, um, what would be the farthest out you've gone, do you think, in what you do?
1: In terms of potentially offending people? Well, no,
0: I mean, just generally, like whether it offends people or not. But what's the furthest you've been able to go in what you do?
1: I don't even think I've pushed myself that far, to be honest. I sort of... I do use prosthetics. I mean, the Manson shoot was fun. It was really fun. And, yeah, I used prosthetics there, and I was also full-on nude, (laughs) which was also lots of fun. Uh, So um, maybe I could say I pushed myself, and that's some of my favorite work I've ever made. Um, But
0: It helps to have a a collaborator like him, I guess. It does. Co-conspirator,
1: yeah. Absolutely (laughs) does. Um, But I think... It's one of those funny things where I also get very tired of a, of a, of something, you know, maybe for, for better or for worse. I get, I have an idea or something, an area I want to explore and I feel like as soon as I've explored it, it's done and it's kind of dead. And I often think I sort of think about things that I did years ago and thought, fuck, if I just stayed with it a bit longer, I could have really had ownership on that idea, but it's just not worth like it what? anymore.
0: What's a, what, what can you think of something? Oh,
1: I just, I mean... Let me think, you know...
0: In such a way that you couldn't go back to it now and, yeah, and claim I, ownership.
1: Even the prosthetic stuff, for example. I would be an, a nutter to say... I don't have any ownership over prosthetics, God. But I just mean maybe a, an introduction into using prosthesis in a different way. And I didn't... I I kind of play around with it a bit, but I, I probably could have taken it a lot further uh, much earlier on in my career when I, you know, kind of... Um, yeah, but I'm sure if anyone could say that, you just sound bitter, don't you? So it's <laughs> better to skim over that. And
0: <laughs> At your age.
1: <laughs> no, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Well, I was curious
0: that you, when you, you said once that in a way there are relatively few things I've mm-hmm. done that I could really call my own work. Definitely. That's kind of intriguing.
1: Of Yeah, I think that just comes down to the fact that my work is generally presented in a space that is um not controlled but contributed to by other people, you know. It's not pure art, it's not narcissistic, it's collaboration, it's fashion, it's shoots, it's lots of ideas, it's lots of people. I think for example, the Manson thing was entirely my thing. That's partly why I love it so much. From you know, beginning to end that was a project that I had in my mind and I saw through. And um and I, but, you know, when you work in fashion, a lot of the time you have many other opinions that you have to, or limitations, editorial limitations, whatever, that you have to face. So, yeah, that's probably what I'm talking but I, about. But
0: I'm, intru- I'm intrigued. I'm Again, I'm, I'm always intrigued. I'm, mm. Everything intrigues me. Um, it's one of my favorite words. <laughs> but uh, working with Marilyn Manson on, on what was a... Personal project. Mm. And then working with somebody like Tom Ford Mm. on a beauty collection, extreme beauty collection for him. Um, a very different people, or are they? Or
1: are they? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You Mm. heard it first, Marilyn Manson and Tom (laughs) Ford.
0: Um yes, tell me about that sort of experience and going from something which is I imagine that Manson is an extremely controlled, maybe controlling person, and Tom. Definitely prides himself on on being the master of every minute detail
1: I think in a way, I'd say it's less about control and more about an ideology with those two and They are both radical humans and their visions are radical, you know, Shaw Manson might uh, did radical in his own dark, amazing, twisted, whatever, Manson way. But Tom Ford is also radical. I mean, he, you know, those Gucci campaigns he did, or, you know, the, the perfumes, smelly things between the girl's ass cheeks. So It's radical. And I feel like, <laughs> I mean, it's actually, I feel it's a massive compliment to me to be able to align myself with those two people and hope that they'd work with me because we share something in common, maybe. Um, so obviously they have different aesthetics, but I think fundamentally they are real pioneers in, in radicalism and radical visuals and ideals. do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if it's prosthetics mask or it's, you know, a cosmetics thing. It's more about the fundamentals of where that comes from at the core of the person.
0: Now you, you've used the word transhumanism. and and that, that that that's an interesting mm. because it's it's a provocative notion, but you can see in a way how it could apply. It could apply, well, obviously to Marilyn Manson, but um, it could apply to what Tom Ford does as well in in these the sort of the mutation of of um, of the human. I mean, the the, yeah. the, the kind of perfection, the, perf- mm. the the quest for perfection.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, that's a what is it to be human? Human is something that isn't i don't think defined by us having you know uh legs and hands and feet and all that stuff. I think we're what was human you know four thousand years ago will is the same as what you know we'll still be humans four thousand years from now, but maybe we'll be look completely different, but we're still fundamentally humans, and maybe that's to do with you know, consciousness and all the rest, whatever. Do you know what I mean? So it's a constant evolution. Do you it's feel constantly you're working, evolving.
0: Do you feel that's the sort of they're the parameters that you, you're working in with what you do? That you're actually what you do is extremely physical. You, you, but you are at the same time poking around in the <laughs> the dark the dark core of of um, human beings to <laughs> to to, you know, to, to express yeah. something, there, you, there is a sort of fundamental kind of darkness or twisted quality.
1: What do you mean by twisted? Well, the, the, I, I think of uh, talking about death.
0: Oh, uh, am I? Were we? <laughs> well, I don't
1: know. I just want to know what that means. Twisted,
0: extreme, perhaps.
1: Right. It's right. Extre-
0: It's if 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 we go back to where we started, you know, thinking about makeup in the seventies, where Giorgio is models looked hectic you mm, know and the mm. makeup was kind of hectic and and decadent mm. and when i look at um when i look at your work there's a sort of there is a sort of extravagance oh, cool. to it um, and uh you know we mentioned subversion but also there's a provocation there that you it, it, it's the, the what the whole notion of what beauty is 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 is, is it seems to me to have changed quite a lot over the last 20 or 30 mm. years
1: i think think two things one is there are many ways to tell stories and that doesn't just mean films or books you can tell stories in images and i you know and um think Partly what I'm drawn to is not necessarily the idea of telling a story, but just something that moves you. I wouldn't want to make work if it didn't. Or moves me, actually. It's all about me, really. (laughs) Whatever I find interesting or moving or entertaining or for whatever reason or mood thing I'm exploring. But um, beauty, of course, has changed because it's always being shaped by the culture of what beauty is equated with now generally that means going on down a kind of a different route here beauty I mean it's a complicated word but in terms of say female aesthetic beauty in a, in a commercial way is generally driven by health and what how you know how our perception of what a healthy woman is because that's what will sell products of you know a woman who looks like she's fertile and young and, you know, it's it's basically anti-death. That's what I feel like advertisers cling on to and that's what sells a product. That's why you don't see old women and, you know, decrepit whoever's on um, a foundation counter because that's not aspirational and people want to buy into aspirational things and health and have the, you know what I mean? And I feel obviously over the years, versions of what healthy has have changed and that also corresponds to wealth as well you know like why you know uh, overweight women back in the whenevers were considered to be beautiful because they could eat versus say in the 90s when you had all the whole like Thin trend was because people could afford to not eat, you know, in that kind of thing. And now... the same
0: with suntans. Exactly. When you had a suntan, I mean, you worked in the fields. Yeah,
1: exactly. And now people can spend Factor 50 on them. You know, it's just constantly this kind of dialogue between what we equate with wealth and beauty and fertility and virility and all those things. And obviously, the pop culture now and Kardashians have determined a kind of new set of ideals of what wealth and beauty is which is you know bigger hips and waist and tits and all that whatever and so i'm literally going off on on and on. i can't even really remember your question no, we're, talking
0: about, we're talking about the, the way the, but, the way beauty's changed i mean is yeah. it even uh, beauty i guess at one point uh, there, there was an orthodoxy of beauty mm. and, and if you think during the 70s and 80s there was a sort of there was a standard maybe mm. and, and beauty was about acceptance of, of, of a certain set of criteria. I mean, if if beauty comes from nature, mm. where be- symmetry in nature is mm, beauty, so mm, butterflies mm. recognise right, a right. good breeding partner exactly from the, from the symmetry of, of its I wings. I forgot to
1: mention that, but exactly yeah. symmetry in faces as well yeah. will help sell products because that's health. what looks so, health, yeah health yeah. and reproduction and an asymmetrical and
0: all that. face is supposed to be. You know, Edgar Allan Poe was supposed yeah. to be emblematic of complete madness because his face was so asymmetrical, right. but. I think that what's happening after beauty, beauty kind of having this notion of acceptance, mm. what what's really interesting now is it's almost like there's a notion of rejection in Absolutely. in beauty now, reject rejecting orthodoxy, yeah, and and celebrating all different types individuality. of people, individuality, extreme individuality, and mm. um, so beauty isn't is it is it the wrong word now? Is there another is there another word we should well, be using?
1: I, yeah, I mean that's why it's. You know, do, are you talking, I think it just has to be defined as to what you are relating beauty to, because beauty for me is something that moves me. When I say beauty, I don't necessarily just mean on an aesthetic level. So I think it's important to define what kind of beauty you're talking about. But I mean, it, yes, there's a rejection, I think, because, you know, in commercial, um, you know, corporations have kind of homogenized what beauty should look like for the consumer like you say, the perfect ideals of women and symmetry and blah blah blah, and um, I'm just guess I'm just trying to dig a bit deeper into: is it just a rejection of that now, or is it something else? Are we or a
0: broadening of the
1: yeah you know, broadening
0: or, of the whole idea.
1: What and and but also you know going back to like wealth and say fertility, how does this whole weird Gen Z face warpy? no eyebrows, bald heads, you know, it's like the antithesis of what it was before. And how does, where, where's the connection there to the whole, do you see what I mean? It's
0: interesting. If you, if you think, you know, that history, the historical, the dialectic of Mm, history, mm. that there's a thesis, and then there's an antithesis, Mm. and then there's a synthesis. Mm. And that's how, that's how, society or civilization or culture or whatever moves forward there's Mm. a proposal there's a there's a rejection of the proposal Mm. then this is the two come together maybe right now we're in a phase of the antithesis Mm. and then the next thing would be a synthesis of
2: Mm. the thesis
0: and the antithesis so you'd have you'd have beauty I, I think the word beauty is a bit of a is a bit misleading mm. um, because it's it, it's there are so many things that are beautiful uh, be, uh, to me totally and to everybody everybody has their own Absolutely. idea of what's beautiful yeah
1: that's and, what I mean defining what you're yes. actually yeah
0: yeah yeah so it's it's like it's in the eye of the beholder I guess that, that that's such a cliche but I guess it it's is so true it is yeah and what does that mean for for somebody like you then you're talking about all these people doing things online do you feel there's a pressure to be something, um, to be to, to stand for something, to represent some notion. You said you don't have a signature, but do you feel there is a pressure to maybe have a signature?
1: I think for me there's a pressure to remaining mm. true to my guts and how what I feel and the way I make an image. That's all. That's the only pressure. And I, yeah, sometimes, you know, I look at whatever Instagram and someone's done this amazing thing. And, I mean, it's pretty rare that I am jealous or wish i'd done it and i i value it i think it's all amazing i really have a personal journey with this whole with what i do i mean it's funny beauty beauty makeup is was the last thing on my agenda and i hope won't be the last thing on my agenda if that makes sense i like i mean i've said in the past i my up, whole upbringing until i was like oh, 24 was Theatre and makeup. That's uh, <laughs> theatre and dance and performance. And I was with the Theo Adams company for many years. And I was. Um,
0: that's an education.
1: I mean, that's shaped me, if nothing else has. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this was really an accident, <laughs> and I kind of still view it as an accident. And therefore, perhaps that's why I'm not. I don't. Fe- I feel easy about it I don't feel anxious about my career I don't feel anxious about doing more work or new work or whatever it is because it was never the goal really um I just it's just a means to Expressed, you know what I mean. Well,
0: it's, you, you began with you literally began with face painting I for, did. for little kids, I did, I did. and and I, I mean, that's when makeup began with face that's painting. not
1: good enough at making cocktails, and the <laughs> local You're not good enough at pouring <laughs> pints, that's why. So, turning
0: little children into tigers, yeah, um, no, yeah. you know, that's where the makeup be- began as face painting did. In, in the year 400,000 BC, or right? Whatever. right. And, and what I find interesting, another interesting thing now is. You know there's been a lot of talk about AI mm. and how um AI really only recognizes the faces of the people who are creating the technology, mm-hmm. i.e. Right. It, you it mean the whole racial thing yes, and all that. It doesn't that. recognize black women's faces, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you get into this you get into this thing with makeup mm-hmm. where it um is it uh Makeup can can get wrapped up in notions of secrecy versus privacy. um, Disguise uh, Mm -hmm. becomes like quite a political thing Mm -hmm. um, where your self-expression then becomes a a way to, um, well, reject again, Mm -hmm. I guess. Reject what is...
1: Your yeah. fundamental, no. who, who, your, your culture, well, your race, but the for who, example. The who
0: or... That all the data gatherers of the world mm. want, to, want to corral into their mm. big amorphous kind of mm. target audience. Mm-hmm. Then makeup actually takes on quite an interesting, um, you know, V for yeah. Vendetta style yeah. Yeah. Way, yeah. To, way, to, way to rebel. And mm. I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at a little bit with you that it becomes a kind of resistance.
1: Does it? <laughs> I'm out of my depth now. <laughs> hmm.
0: Because you're, you're challenging. You, uh, you're challenging preconceptions.
1: I think I'm really... I'm lucky that I'm able to... You always... I, I think one has to really look at the context of where the work is shown. My work isn't in an art gallery. It's in fucking, you know, Fashion Mag, for example, on a pop star on you know the internet and I think that's when work or whatever you want to call it you know is interpreted differently or takes on a different meaning had I had I become an artist and explored this in a different way and put it on the walls of a gallery it would have its own a a completely different kind of appeal or narrative or whatever you know what I mean so I think limited
0: actually it'd be more limited wouldn't it if it was on the wall of a gallery
1: (laughs) maybe in terms of you know the reach but I just mean in terms of the way what it's maybe saying and the and the freedom and the message do you know what I mean by that so I guess I'm only lucky oh it, it only maybe appears really radical because it's next to an nested order campaign <laughs> you know which doesn't look like anything like my work.
0: But when you talk about curation of identity, that to me is just Mm. super. I mean, it's you see it it is super interesting. You see it everywhere now. Mm, This is what people are doing. This is what catfish. is called. kids. (laughs)
2: Well, yeah, Yeah.
0: on on a sort of banal Mm. on a banal level, but on my more in my more more exalted um, fantasy, it's uh, it's. I guess it boils down to something as, as basic as you can be whatever you want to be and makeup yeah. then becomes an incredibly powerful Tool. instrument. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think it does. Yeah. It it does. It does. It, it does into, It does when it's in, you know, a 2D image where you have no relation, real physical relationship with the person, but it's a whole not, do you know what I mean? It, it exists with different strengths in different, air, in different environments.
0: But that brings, us, that brings us to your own education in 3D design mm. and industrial design.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: And put that together with what you're doing now. It's a very interesting – I use that word again, interesting. I could have said intriguing for a hundredth time.
1: <laughs> but I keep uh, saying makeup, so it's, it's fine. A, it's
0: a, well, do we need another word for makeup then? I mean, mm-hmm. if we, do we need, we need another word for beauty? We need another word yeah. for makeup. I mean – do we?
1: I think, oh, I don't know. No. <laughs> Let's keep it simple. I mean, <laughs> well, I
0: see. I love the idea of cryoland. When you talk about cryoland, I just, I, oh, used yeah. to, I used to make when I was a David oh, Bowie, when yeah. I was a little glam rocker in the early 70s, I used They're to mash up Mary Quant sticks. Oh, you did? Kingfisher blue with Vaseline <laughs> and make these incredibly lurid colors yeah. um, and use them on, I didn't have any oh, yeah. eyebrows. Oh really? Oof, Did you shave you them? I plucked Pluck them. them off. Can you imagine? Wow,
1: it's brave. Um, and <laughs> I
0: know they, they mightn't have grown back. And I remember I used to go into the university bookstore, and all the women who worked in the university bookstore, "What is that eyeshadow you're wearing? Oh, wow. Where can I make buy?" It? And I, I said, "I just mashed up Mary Kingfisher Blue with a bit of Vaseline." <laughs> <laughs> and that, um, it when there are no rules, mm. and you fall back on your own initiative interesting things can happen
1: well I feel I actually so I went to St. Martin's for that um, course and I actually quit after two years um, because I found it way it was it wasn't conceptual enough for me and I had these grand ideas of going in and you know design. I actually wanted to be a shoe designer. That's why I I was I was still doing all this dance and whatever and ever. And I thought I should just go to university anyway. And I should um, I wanted to be a shoe designer. And I I got a place at Cordwainers, <laughs> and then freaked out thinking shit four years. What if I can only design shoes? <laughs> what then? So I so that's why I did a much broader course, thinking I'd be able to explore all these different things. Turns out. All all I was allowed to design was fucking mobile phones and chairs. (laughs) And I thought this is not for me at all. But I think the thing that I did take away from it was the education in how to understand a working with a brand and understanding its vision and being able to interpret it and kind of eject it in your way. Yeah, it Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. learning how, a bra- like, you know, a brand's ideology, what that means, what that looks like, learning how to design as if you were that person designer, but still being able to, like, implement your own artistry or creativity whilst you, you know, tr- translate that idea. And I think that's really helped me for sh- with, on shows, for example, when I work with designers to create looks, because ultimately you're trying to create a look that feels like it still embodies... The designer's
0: like what's an example of that um,
1: process Junior Watanabe for example one of my most favorite um the de- designers to work with you know and the, oh, the longer I work with him as well I think I f- hope the more I kind of understand his where he comes from with his work and the way he creates things and what he's inspired by and whatever um yeah for example he, yeah he's a good example of that um what's that
0: process then because Virginia the yeah you, you, I'm always intrigued by calm junior that 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 mm. particular group of designers how how much of a, a blank slate you're given when you go into work with people like that
1: It depends on show to show and I I I think uh initially when I first started working with him he wanted to get a uh,
2: It was all like it's like
1: solving a riddle it was amazing you know a couple of months before the uh, show he'd send me literally like buzzwords you know um, industrial revolutionary punk elegant um, paperclip you know like really really like a riddle and he'd say no I want you to go and translate that send me look send me ideas what does that mean then go off and I'd do all these tests and stuff and I'd send him, you know PDFs of this is what I've been exploring do you want me to go down that route this is what I go down you know it was a really wonderful process for me um and so that was kind of my fun you know and then he'd say no it's all shit <laughs> and the day before the show we'd be in there till midnight trying to work out actually what he wanted me to do um but the whole but uh, you know I think as. The more I've worked with him, the less of that preparation we have to do because I now come in and I know what he's I know I think I know, <laughs> I shouldn't say no, uh what he's trying to communicate, what his message is. So it's much easier. So now I only now we're only there till nine PM. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: And is that something is that your favourite part of what you're doing then that you get to work with in a sort of collaborative way with these
1: I love, do These love extreme, collaborations yeah like
0: I, eve tumour for example love
1: eve tumour yeah and
0: jordan hemingway and
1: yeah people who are, yeah yeah i mean i absolutely love collaboration strangely enough i think going back to my you know my real education which was in performance and all that kind of stuff i think i've exhausted a lot of my collaborative energies (laughs) and i think you know now i'm now at a point where i really just want to start focusing on my own work and what i maybe have to say because for whatever reason i've decided i'm i'll let myself now and up until this point i maybe haven't had the confidence to do that so what do you want
0: to achieve what would you hope to achieve in an ideal world? An Oscar. No, no.
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I want to achieve? Um,
0: well, that's not totally unfeasible. I mean, God. I
1: think. <laughs> no, I. So actually, a really hard question because uh, I mean, I've I've done like psychotherapy since I was 22, and that whole process is about you know you're constantly evolving and observing and analyzing and changing and i feel you know i i feel like my work's hopefully a little bit of a reflection of that so i couldn't say what i'd want to achieve
0: you've been in psychotherapy yeah and how many times a week do you do that
1: uh once a week every week yeah for a long time now
0: (laughs) and how's that how yeah how
1: has that wonderful affected your work best money i've ever spent Um, and I got it all back (laughs) thanks to psychotherapy Um, well I just think it makes you think in a completely different way I used to think it was my secret (laughs) going to psychoanalysis because it makes you very I think it makes you very flexible in the way you approach things and see things emotionally people and um, so I mean it's just been a really important tool in my creative process
0: so you talk about thinking in 3d so Mm. that helps you to think in 3d when you approach somebody you're kind of you're you're even though you're about to make up their face for a two-dimensional image you see them in the round when you're working on them then do you think that 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 applies
1: maybe I'm, i'm not sure i think in a broader context maybe maybe just in terms of handling them personally i don't know about the visual aspect of that I think, but I just think, like, I don't know, psychanalysis just, it just helps you, you know, just changes the way you think about things, sheds projections, sheds a lot of, you know, imposed things from your upbringing and all sorts, and makes you a bit more pure to who you are fundamentally, I think. So.
0: And you can, and you can maybe may more intuitive, perhaps?
1: I think it may be, yeah, I think, I think probably everyone has intuition, but. It's whether or not you're brave enough or willing enough to follow the intuition and i think maybe psychotherapy allows you gives you the kind of confidence to do that you know what i mean yeah i don't know have you ever done it
0: uh Uh, yes it wasn't i wasn't it wasn't wildly successful for me but okay
1: (laughs) i mean often i shouldn't even say
0: i did it because i didn't i didn't really
1: I think it's really about finding the right person, yes. 100%. Yes. 100%. Yeah. And I got yeah. lucky with mine. So. Yeah.
0: Mine wore Claude Montana and I kept thinking I was keeping her into fancy designer clothes <laughs> rather than her helping me. Um, Not a good I, um, I uh, You've talked about emotional beauty as well, and that actually ties into that, the idea of psychotherapy and, mm. and then emotional beauty, I think, mm. because it's, it's slightly less tangible than... than obviously physical beauty, mm. but it's more, it feels like it's it, it's, it would be ultimately more rewarding mm. to be able to define that in a way that everybody understood what you were talking about.
1: Yeah. What is
0: it? What is emotional beauty?
1: <laughs> what is emotional beauty? What do you mean by beauty? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think it just goes back to the the context of the work you're... Pre- where, it's, where it falls, where it falls in a fashion magazine versus where it is on an art gallery. And I think I can only really talk about myself and my work in the in that capacity as a makeup artist working in the fashion industry, making editorials, working with celebrities and pop stars. You know what I mean? So does that... Do you, do you know what I mean by that? So I can only really... Like, analyze it relating to things that already exist in that environment, which are mostly commercial. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I guess I can't go too over the top about about it because, um, it it, that's what you can only really kind of like compare it to things that already exist in its own space, yeah. So, yeah, no,
0: but but I just wonder if when you're working with people at the end of the whole thing, they turn to you and say. You saw something in me nobody's ever seen. You know, you, you drew something out. You managed to put something onto my skin mm-hmm. that says something about who I am inside. And nobody's ever managed to do that, whether that's emotional beauty, whether you're, it, it, it's, you know, what Courtney loves a pretty on, mm-hmm. pretty on what's pretty on the inside was that a whole song was that a whole album i don't yeah, even remember um, but it's that sort of idea of <laughs> yeah turning inside out is interesting when you're using prosth- and and ways to to literally turn yeah the human form or the human face or whatever inside out i i that to me would be a fabulous challenge if I did what you if mm-hmm. I did what you did
1: well uh, a lot of the work that I do or have done in the past I probably will explore this again has been self-portrait series or I've turned myself into different characters from you know old men to with birds to you know um Russian restaurant owner in wherever to you know um I did a whole series. I don't know how happy he was about it, actually, for Tom Ford, where I turned myself into all the Tom Ford women. And one one of them was like an um, Upper East Side Jewish psychotherapist, actually, with a giant forehead. <laughs> I don't, don't know how well he responded to that. But um, I find that really... It, <laughs> she would buy a Tom Ford Albrainiac. handbag. She would buy a Tom Ford handbag. Um, so That's I, very Cindy Sherman-esque, of you. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think it's yeah. I mean, I, I get. I mean, I am really interested in like exploring real, you know, identity, people with character, people that move you, you know, that inspire some kind of emotional reaction. I do love that. I find that really interesting. And um, do you think that's
0: that's harder to do than to to make gorgeous grotesques? Then isn't it?
1: I think it's harder to to kind of really. To make that really accurate, a real accurate, believable p- representation of that person. You That's know what where I mean. You get your Oscar. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. No, yeah, note to self. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, it's about having fun, isn't it? I um,
0: uh, you, you, when you've talked about the, the digital experience flattening, or mm. maybe it's not you, but it's just a general perception that the digital that the digital world flattens things, and and with your with your Training your education in mm-hmm. three dimensions. Mm. You could say that that was something that your that is a mission of yours, which is to inflate the flat, the flat. You know, to to give it to to make an experience which has been two dimensional, yeah. traditionally more 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 multi dimensional. Perhaps
1: yeah. I mean that would be film, really. I mean that's probably the easiest and most direct trans transition translation of that idea um which I'm absolutely going to pursue and working on at the moment um
0: your own or, or with yeah or with my people? own
1: yeah my own um because I mean what is the next step that has to be the next step to turn it something into moving image and find that kind of bridge between an editorial or a kind of idea into something that's uh, yeah. Well, you m- could movie. say
0: obsession is a narrative is your obsession, and, and a, that's obvious and obvious. Yeah, one may- obsession.
1: Maybe. That's,
0: o- that's an obvious step is to yeah. make a film where there is a
1: story yeah. that
0: you're telling, not that it's not just crammed into one image, there's totally. actually a whole totally. sequence. Totally.
1: And the intricacies and the complexities of that, you know, expanding on that world and that idea. Yeah, for sure.
0: Do you think in the end that everything that. You do all the all the sort of subversive radical steps you 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 take. Keep saying within... radical. <laughs> no, so you said ra- you said radical. Did I say radical? <laughs> you said radical at the beginning. Did I know? didn't mind that word radical because I'm very big on this notion of um, makeup. I don't of, feel makeup radical.
2: Of... <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so funny.
0: <laughs> it's only today. <laughs> right, it's tomorrow right. you will. It's the weekend. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm very big on this notion of makeup as a kind of resistance mm. and. Uh, and when you're creating an identity, you're making, you're creating an identity as a, as a rejection of, of, is of it, orthodoxy. Is it, is it a
1: resistance or is it?
0: I like that idea, but you no.
1: Know. No, I'm just, uh, right. I'm just questioning is it, is it resistance and taking control
0: which is a form of resistance, right. because obviously yeah. all we read now is how yeah. we've surrendered control to yeah. the data gatherers, you know. But
1: surrendered control to yourself, though, as well, you know, who yeah. you are fundamentally born raw, naked, you know. Is it is it partly to do with that? Because I think as we move towards, or we are in this digital age... There's less and less, in my experience. Or you know, I, I live in London. I don't live in the, you know, just talking personally. What I see, you know, people are less and less engaged in themselves and who they are, and you know, on a spiritual level, and so. I just wonder if, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with that as well. do you think
0: what you do is maybe if it's a reaction against that, that you're trying to kind of inculcate... Lure
1: people in. Or lure people,
0: <laughs> seduce people yeah, into looking at themselves again.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what I spend every week doing <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> and,
0: and what's but, technology's role in that for you?
1: Well, technology... Is another just a tool really, I think a tool of communication and just allowing you to really help make the image as close to your vision as possible. I mean, I'm talking about Photoshop, for example. Love it. <laughs> We'd all look really awful without it. So thanks, Adobe. But I mean, um technology, I mean, what part of technology? What part? You know, Instagram, computers, phones, what part?
0: The whole digital dome communication that's yeah. settling settling over us. That's,
1: well, well one thing is really one thing I just quickly find quite interesting with the whole digital thing, obviously as people are less inclined to go out and pick things up and read, that's a fact. Read a book, look at references, literally go outside, spend time off their phones. The pool of information and visuals is, you know, there is a finite number within the, you know, your mobile phones, what you can look at, that's logged on the internet and free for everyone to see. And, like, the art and the the artworks that are coming out of that, it's like this kind of weird Mm self-generating stuff that's just, like, being so... um, uh, what's the word? So, um, it's like feeding itself on itself.
0: Self-referential. Its,
1: uh, exponentially. Yeah. And I find that really interesting.
0: that's the word. Is that the word? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I find that really interesting what that means now, what that looks like, you know, and I mean, we're finding out, but, um, and you know, the more people are attached to their phones and the less that they look around them and feel and experience and whatever, I mean, maybe that's a romanticized Where view of things. Where does narcissism
0: fit into that, what what, what what are your feelings on that?
1: What do you mean? I mean, you well, mean I... in terms of, like, selfies? Self, <laughs> yeah,
0: self-regard kind of diverted people from... Well, that's what you're talking about. Well, it's kind of diverted people from the real world.
1: Yeah, I mean, but that's just that... that. Digital platform is becoming our community, isn't it? And that's what the community is based on: is interaction of images shared of yourself and that kind of thing. Are you
0: inspired by the people who are rejecting that though? Like, there's a lot of talk about Gen Z; they're rejecting that. They're rejecting
1: rejecting. Instagram.
0: No, they're rejecting that that kind of community for whatever it is Mm. that you know you're 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 wired into hundreds of thousands of people you will never meet, and you have this sense of you have the sense of belonging at the same time as you've never been more isolated or alienated you know the the the, the weird paradox of, mm. of of digital intimacy and kids i keep reading they're, they're reading books like you said nobody mm. reads books and there's book circles now with kids wanting an object that they can swap with their friends mm-hmm. and it's not about an ebook or something mm. and they want vinyl and you know all these things that people talk about I as have a,
1: a, just a question on that like what are the actual numbers
0: <laughs> Well you know it doesn't take is that too a romanticized many p- it, doesn't, it doesn't take or... too many people hmm. really i mean everything begins with a handful of people true and and whether that handful of people remains a handful of people and become become like some kind of beacon in I the just, future
1: yeah for sure i just wonder what the actual reality of that is when we are having less and less control over what you know less and less control over ourselves and our privacy you know because yes that might happen on one hand with like which is a lovely like awesome um idea these kids doing that but then what about you know the reality that and i'm not a big conspiracist or whatever but you know government controlled and implemented things with mobile phones and data sharing and that because they're not too, they're not they're not too different, you know. It's they're still going to be exposed to all of that. You know what I mean? Maybe,
0: so, but then you could probably say that it's, it's always information it's sharing always on been a different scale
1: and a different kind of. Yeah, there's always
0: been a complete kind of rampant inequality and the govern the governors yeah. and the governed. You know, throughout mm. human history. But I wonder, I wonder what, where this leaves you with what you do, where they, where they, how you feel, what you do, hmm. where, can influence people for be- for the better or can inspire people to be something other than they are or do you see that there is a sort of bigger role for what you do
1: I think it depends how you want to live your life and by that I mean it depends do you want to live your life through experience and through sharing and doing things physically do you want to be a celebrity what do you equate success with um I think those are the questions and I don't necessarily equate success. I do on some levels to celebrity and finance, but I also equate life success to experience and growth and wisdom and all those other things. So I think it doesn't leave me, it, it doesn't really change anything for me. I will still just pursue what I do with the same, hopefully, just integrity and thing that I always have done, which is constantly changing but there's no there's no like financial reward or celebrity reward at the end of it really if that happens that happens but for me i can't stop making work i can't stop exploring shit (laughs) you know what i mean so i don't don't know if the lesson to people is to just try you know just do you
0: (laughs) well i think in, in your work um the, the, the redefinition of of things like beauty, mm. um, of something as as soul, as nurturing, as mm. the idea of beauty has always been. Just redefining that instantly opens up a million doors and windows for for people. That's
1: nice. with that, yeah, I think that's a bonus if that happens. <laughs> from what I do.
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much, oh, Ismael. It's lovely you. to talk to you. And we went likewise. Deep. Obviously, we need new words <laughs> for
2: beauty
1: next time <laughs> thanks Thank you.
2: if you enjoyed this conversation you might also be interested in joining BOF's global membership community BOF Professional our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis in our daily digest email as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles our new iPhone app special print issues and all of our online courses and learning materials from BOF Education For a limited time only, we're offering our podcast listeners an exclusive 25% discount on your first year of an annual BOF professional membership. To get this special offer, click on the link in the episode notes, select the annual package and enter the special code podcast 2019 at checkout. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please leave us a rating if you did. And don't forget to share it with your friends.